It's time for the Dynamics Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition. So a couple of weeks ago, I challenged you to contribute to the podcast, and Alexei picked up that challenge, and I'm so happy to finally have the video. He sent it to me a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't gotten to it. So uh, thank you so much, Alexei, and without further ado. This is the Dynamics Podcast, episode 25, recorded the 3rd of March 2018. Prospect to Pay, with Alexei, Ole, and Celine. Hello and welcome everybody to a special episode of Dynamics Podcast, Canadian Stage Edition. My name is Alexei Horshilov, and today I'm joined by Salim Adaman and Oleg Karnouhov, and we will be talking about an integration between two Dynamics applications, AX, or Dynamics 365 for finance and operation, and sales, or former CRM. Hello, guys. Hi, Alexei. Good morning, Alexei. Good morning. So, Salim, can you, uh, can, you, can you tell us more about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. So, my name is uh, Salim Adaman. Thank you for the great intro here, uh, Alexei. I uh, work here in Montreal as a uh, Dynamics uh, CRM or 365 uh, consultant. I have my firm called uh, Sedax Technology Services here. We're actually in our offices today, so welcome you guys. Glad to have you. Uh, so we specialize in Dynamics 365 consulting, uh, customer engagement, and uh, we've done a lot of uh, interesting integrations with AX and ERPs in general. So it makes the topic of today extremely inter interesting from our perspective. Interesting, right? Great to hear you. Great to hear about your experience, you know, great CRM expertise on board. And Oleg, what about yourself? Well, my name is Oleg Karnakov, as you mentioned. Thanks for the intro, Alexi. Uh, I'm a Dynamics 365 AX consultant with Next One Consulting. Uh, I've been doing this for over six years now, and I'm just being lucky here today in Montreal. Me and we're working on the same project together, and we just decided to, to record that video today. Great, great. So looks like both systems are well represented. So let's talk about the integration options that currently exist. So let me ask you a general question uh, first. Uh, why do you think that uh, CRM and uh, AX or those two applications were never integrated in the first place? Well, I think there's a long background. Uh, for the longest time, there have been two separate products. So for about 10 years or even more, uh, dynamic CRM was being sold by Microsoft as a CRM platform and AX was being sold as a completely different ERP system. So they have been historically two very diff different products and sold also very much in a separated way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I agree, just to, to add a few points, if you remember at one point in the AX 2012, we had a CRM module as a standalone module and then for some reason it was removed by Microsoft. But as Sally mentioned, there are two completely different platforms, and for that reason, it's not that straightforward to make that integration out of the box due to the differences in business processes in architecture of two platforms. All right. And, and I would even add, you know, as, as Oli just mentioned, there used to be a very large overlapping in terms of functionalities, right? So you have an ERP that has a CRM module, and then you have a CRM. So how do you make the two talk to one another and why 
these were all questions that people would have to answer internally and then decide what type of integration they would put in place because essentially these two systems have so much in common. Why do you need, why do you need to integrate them? You can use one or the other. And so these were all questions that people had to ask themselves to see if there, there was a need to do integration or not. Yeah, and I, and I think even to this point, if you go online and try to research the integration topics, there are discussions, what tool is better? And I think one thing you have to agree on that they're just two separate tools. It's not that one is better than the other one, they just meant different, that ju they just being designed for different purposes. Absolutely. And talk about the confusion, right? You always have to be specifying whether you're talking about dynamic CRM or AX CRM, right? Because, and I think that's one of the uh, reasons why they re renamed that CRM module in, uh, in AX now, and it's called sales and marketing, just to kind of alleviate some of that confusion that was hanging around that. So are you talking about the CRM that is in dynamics or are you talking about CRM as a, a standalone app? All right, so now let's talk about the current state of the integration. So what options currently exist for us to integrate those two applications? Uh, I'm gonna let Salim open this. Sure, so first of all, let's take a little bit of a background. Uh, for the longest time, there used to be what they call the uh, Microsoft Dynamics Connector, which is a tool provided by Microsoft uh, at no cost with for people that are customers or or partners and who have CRM or AX internally. And that connector was supposed to be a solution for integrating data and processes between CRM and AX. So for the longest time, it's been out there and available, but it hasn't had a lot of success. And there's a re there's reason for that. Uh, and that we'll talk about some of these details a little bit later. Uh, so, that, so there was that. And then with the new uh, rebranding and relaunch of all these products in the cloud with the Dynamics 265 for operations uh, and for sales, which are now cloud-based products, uh, there is a new uh, attempt from Microsoft to build new ways to integrate uh, uh, the for operations and for sales Dynamics applications in the cloud using a power uh, apps uh, application, which Ole can talk a little bit more about. We tried to use that tool as a customer of ours, and uh, the process was not straightforward as we expected to be. Uh, overall, I like the way Salit said it. It's an attempt. So the tool is available for public to use. However, I think there's still a long way to go to make it usable for the customers. For now, there's really limited uh, amount of templates that you can use. Uh, to my knowledge, it only does customers' items. Uh, sales orders, and I think there are a couple other templates. However, to make them work, you still need to make sure that the data is consistent on, the, on both sites, in AX and CRM. Uh, the beauty of this tool is that it, it is user-friendly, it's some, somewhat drag-and-drop tool that you need to have technical knowledge to use. Uh, so I see that as a big uh, seller for Microsoft in the future. However, at this time, it's just an attempt. Uh, to create a framework that will integrate two tools. Thank you, Oleg, for explaining how ParApps uh, option works right now. Uh, how about other options that are available? How about Scribe or any other options that we still can use? Yeah, so it's a good question, and I think it's important to know what the options are. And it's also important to know some of the pros and cons of each of these options, right? So if we stay on the ParApps integration, I have to take a step back here. It's based on the common data model from Microsoft, right? So the idea is in the cloud, Microsoft will pull data from uh, Dynamics 265 for sales 
We'll pull data from Dynamics 365 for operations, kind of put them together in a way that makes sense and synchronizes with both, or depending on how you configure it, data will flow from one direction to the other or vice versa, right? So that's, that's for the, uh, the Power Apps-based integration that is provided by Microsoft. And then if you look at other options, uh, Scribe is one of them, and it's a, it's, it's a tool that is used uh, to do integration with a lot of applications, not just 365 for operations and for sales, but it's also compatible with, with a bunch of other type of applications, right? So we can pull data from custom databases, from uh, Salesforce, from a bunch of competitors' products even, or other cloud-based platforms. And it's, the, the cool thing about it is it's all configuration-based. So uh, you don't need to have coding background. You do have to be trained on that product. And then you have, to, you have to pay for it. Obviously, it's not free. And once you have it in place and someone who is business-oriented but has the knowledge can go in and configure how the integration works and what data flows from which system to the other and why and when and all of that. So that's a cool option. Another, another option is if you have uh, people who are knowledgeable with uh, some development or, you know, whether it's a database development or C-sharp coding development, there are options too, right? Because CRM and AX have APIs that they, that they offer that we can consume. And so if you have someone who can write C-sharp or SSIS a SQL Server code, then you can write some custom integration to move data and manipulate data from one system to the other. So these are other options that are available too. Yeah, and yeah. Quickly, quickly, just just to add a in the new release of Dynamic 365 for operation, we have the option to expose our data templates or data sets to to the outside system. So that will just give the easy way to expose AX data without any coding. So this is was something new that was recently introduced in 365. All right. All right. Is is it part of the data management? Yes, it's part of the data management workspace. Uh, you can use any standard data sets, and then you just expose them uh, 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 in an occurrence that you can configure as well. Right, great. Um, <clears throat> I think here we definitely agree that there were designed as two separate applications that has a distinct set of uh, purpose purposes, right? And now, due to nat nature of the business, now they need to communicate between uh, between each other, and that's why all these options came came about. I don't know about you, but I think I'm uh, the branding part of uh, these applications right now is something that Microsoft can improve on, and I, I think it's a welcome news that I think now the business edition is going to go away, at least for the finance and operation. I've just heard recently, which I think was going to simplify how. Uh, because still people are using the old terms, they're still referring to it as CRM versus AX, right? Even though they're not even called that anymore. Right. So less confusion, the better, the better educated customers, I think the better life is for us as the partners. Yeah, I, I agree. I think one of the things that's been challenging is uh, because it's now all in the same product family and it's sold as Dynamics 365, uh, you know, you would go into a conversation with a customer or a prospect and they would ask you about ERP functionality when you are a CRM person and vice versa, right? So, so while it's good that the company now sells everything as one business services umbrella, it's, it, there has to be a little clearer messages on you know, who does what and the fact that CRM and, and ERP are completely different. Uh, it's completely different. Uh, uh, visions and completely different applications, right? So how do you sell it? How do you make sure people understand what the differences are? 
there needs to be a little bit of work done there in order to make it clearer to people, I think. Yeah. And I think that's because that's a way that's a way Microsoft is going right now, where uh, I think they're trying to make it easier for companies to switch to Dynamics family first, right? So they separated into smaller apps, right? We have Dynamics 365 for retail. We have Dynamics 365 for talent, uh, field uh, <clears throat> field service, etc. Right? So those are just again part of the same Dynamics 365 family, but they're separated in smaller apps. So I think naming here or eliminating the confusion: Are we talking about finance and operation business edition? or uh, enterprise edition, right, is important uh, for overall success of this initiative, I think. So it's always interesting. So let's give a little bit of context. I think what we need to try and cover is uh, all the different pieces that need to be integrated and moved from AX to CRM, right, and the products being one of these pieces, right? And so often when you have an ERP system that has products, you want them to be available in your CRM because people will use the CRM to, uh, to build quote and propose these products to people, right? Yeah. So on the CRM side, uh, the products are structured in a relatively simple way. Uh, things have changed in the past few years, uh, but essentially you have products and you have the possibility to have products, families and bundle, right? So when you create them in your system, what you create is relationship between the products where uh, if you have a bundle, then it really is a combination of multiple products, for example. Uh, if you have a product family, then it means uh, you're buying one and then there's a possibility of all the others that are in the same family that you can buy, right? So it's that type of filtering that we get with the out-of-the-box uh, product structure in CRM. Relatively simple and it usually does the job for simple scenarios where you're trying to sell products. Either you have sim simple lists of different products or you have bundles or you have just simple combinations with product families. These are the main uh, themes that we see on the on the Dynamics 365 for sales or CRM side. Uh, so I'm not going to be talking about product structure and X. I'll be talking about pain points on the integration part. And so far, we've seen a few. The first difficulty uh, that we faced is when you try to integrate product variants from AX to CRM. So in CRM, such concept does not exist. Uh, the way the integration works currently, basically, the system creates a new product for each variant in CRM. So it's not a clean integration, but this might work. Uh, difficulty number two is when you try to integrate legal entity-specific products from AX in CRM. In CRM, such concept as legal entity does not exist. So just to give an example, product A uh, can exist in legal entity uh, Toronto, and product B can exist in legal entity Montreal, but they share the same product on the top level, right? So it's either you assume that you're always going to have a unique product per legal entity that's going to be pushed to CRM, or you have to accommodate that legal entity as a separate field in CRM, which makes it difficult. So overall, it's a conversant integration to work with. Uh, number three is our bill of material and bundle integration. I want to spend a little bit more time here. Uh, so I have a question for you. When you say a bundle, when you sell a bundle, do you sell a top-level bundle or you just only sell components to the customer? How is it reflected on the sales order or sales pool? So it's a good question. On the CRM side, when you select the bundle, essentially it's a combined set of products that you buy. So you don't really have a lot of options there. You have this bundle that contains these four different products because they're sold together. Put that in your cart and that's what you're back. That's what you're quoting on. So I do understand that. So in AX, we have something similar where we can uh, replicate this with uh, probably supplementary or navigational hierarchies in uh, CRM modules. However, there is another way to integrate it is if you try to 
use bill of materials for bundles in AX and then push bill of materials information in CRM. Uh, the one thing to be mindful of that the same information has to flow back into AX from CRM when you do sales or sales order integration. As you can see, the integration is not straightforward. You have multiple cases where you will be facing difficulties. So even with the Power Apps tool, all these scenarios that we just mentioned, they're not covered. So you have to do some custom coding on that. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm going to piggyback on that. I think, of course, what we see is there's a lot of transformation that goes on if you want your integration to be successful, right? So because the way this, the data is structured, the products are structured on the ERP side, is often different than what you can structure in, in CRM. So what happens is you have to transform the data to push it in one system or the other. And after that, because it's only products at this point, you have to use these products in, in various records on the CRM side, build quotes. And once the quote is ready to be sent over as a sales order, it needs to make it into a financial system, which is ERP. But because in the meantime, the structure of the data has changed, how do you make sure when it goes back to the financial system the financial system know what to solve. Right? So that's really the difficulty there. It becomes tricky. It's, it's a good point. It becomes really tricky. You try to design it. You try to make a complex design, and then the AX part, it goes back into CRM, that's fine, but the selling mention has to go back as well. So this is where you face additional difficulties. And I think another point is that you, you guys really mentioned the transformation, right? So how does price list or the pricing translates from uh, ERP to your CRM, right? And it seems to me that this translation, that transformation may be company to company specific, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean that prices are always from one place in AX or, you know, because some companies choose to use trade agreements, some companies choose to use those base sales prices, etc. right? So that that transformation methods will be different from implementation to implementation. Okay, and uh, I think now is the good time to talk about the pricing, right? Since you mentioned pricing, uh, uh, Salim, can you talk more about the pricing, how it's structured in CRM, and then I'll take over just to kind of showcase the difficulties we're facing in our previous projects? Absolutely. So that's it's, it's really interesting that we have the discussion now because we, we've worked on a, actually now on a couple of projects together and we always seem to face the same type of issues, right? So on, this, on the CRM side, uh, the way the price work is relatively simple when you think of a salesperson's uh, a very single, simple mindset where you have, uh, we talked about the products, right? So you have your list of products. Now what you do is you create a list of price lists. So in a price list, for example, let's say, my uh, Quebec or Ontario uh, price list, I'm going to have a list of all of my products with the price that's associated to them. Relatively simple in terms of concept, right? And so if I start to sell to an account, what I do is I say, well, this account is located in, uh, in the Ontario region, so let me look at the Ontario region price list, which has a list of all of my products and the prices that are associated to them. I pick that and then I'm able to build a quote, multiple quotes and share that with the customer. So that's really the basic structure uh, on the CRM side. And I should mention also the price lists are also linked to a currency. So it's currency based and price based. Fair enough. And uh, just to go back to the integration part, Power Apps, they actually state that they support pricing integration from AX to CRM as a standard integration. And the way it works, it uses uh, standard sell price from a product. So it's not customer specific, it's going to be implied to all customers, which might work for retail scenarios, but it will not work for anything more complicated than retail. So 
to go back into the ads pricing, as we know, the pricing, uh, there are a couple of ways to use, there are a couple of layers to price. So one would be your basic uh, pricing on a product. The second layer would be your trade agreement pricing. And layer three would be your retail pricing that you can use. So you have these three layers. Uh, unfortunately, the only out-of-the-box layer that you can support, as I said, is the layer one, where you get the price from the product, where it's not customer-specific, it's for all customers. When we go to layer two, which is the more complicated layer of pricing trade agreements, we have uh, many ways to get that price. It's either by customer, customer group, site-specific, date-specific, quantity-specific. There are many. I think there are, I've done the calculation. I think there are around 24 variables how you can price on the single line. So. The difficulty of that integration would be that you cannot convert trade agreement line into the flat file that can be used for CRM. So I think, Salim, uh, there, there, there are basically two ways to do the integration. It's either you use somewhat simplified scenario in AX and convert the data into the flat file and make the integration with CRM, or you build a connector that will query the price from AX into CRM. Uh, that implies that we'll have to introduce some additional fields on the CRM side to support uh, trade agreement concepts. And this is what we faced in the past, and there's, uh, there's no good solution. Your solution is still difficult. Uh, it depends, it really depends on the customer and their budget, what they like. Uh, the solution with, uh, with querying pricing gives you ability to grow with your pricing structure, meaning that you'll be able to support all existing X functionality. The solution with flat file is more stable and it's easier to implement. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because, uh, as you said, there, there is no perfect solution in any of these cases, unfortunately. Uh, what we often see on this on the CRM side, uh, we look at what, a, what AX or ERP systems have to propose in terms of uh, the pricing structure, right? Exactly. So you talked about trade agreements, which is fantastic because you have the ability to decide what the price of items is going to be based on a certain amount of factors. I think you mentioned about 24 different variables, right? Yeah. So if you have to do a linear translation and create and create a row for each of these type of combinations to create them as flat in CRM, there is a potential to explode the number of prices rows that you have in your CRM. And so it's going to be confusing for your salespeople because they have to select, in, in AX, they only select a few variables and the price coming automatically. But in CRM, they'll have to be uh, confronted with a list of so many different product options that they would be confused. Right? So that's, that's a challenge. And so, so usually you have to strike the balance between simplifying the pricing in order to, to, to synchronize it or as, as you said, or they have some kind of a live type of integration that allows you on the CRM side to select a, a product, a, a price, and, and then the price is automatically pulled from, from a custom integration that talks to the ERP uh, AX system. And as well, no, I think it's uh, it, there's a tendency, salespeople don't want, they tell you that they, they want simple pricing, but then to close the deal, they always come up with those schemas to, <laughs> to make it work, right? So... <laughs> Uh, you know, there's always working around the system too, right? So whatever the system tells me the price is, I'll make sure if uh, I, I can I can override it. All right. So uh, what about the customers, right? Everyone wants to integrate those. Yeah, and it, and it makes sense too because when you go from uh, from one system to another, when you go from the system with which you sell, so your CRM, to your ERP, which which with which you invoice or which which you collect money. You need to make sure it's the same customer, right? So there needs to be some level of integration there. Uh, it's usually it is the easy part when we do ERP integration, 
because essentially what happens is you have to define which system is the owner for creating the, uh, the customer. So the account and contact information, and then you, have, you need to share a unique key between your, your two systems, right? So typically creation of the accounts and contacts is going to initiate from your CRM system. And then there's going to be a trigger that sends it over to an ERP system. And from the ERP system, there's going to be a manual process for someone to go in and do a, you know, typical steps, uh, credit checks and validate the addresses for uh, finances and for all the people that need to be contacted. So that's usually the process and it is honestly usually the most uh, simple part of integration between uh, CRM and ERP. Essentially, you're sharing the key and you have to define yeah. a source and a destination. Yeah, and uh, for my end, I'm just going to throw a little, some, some grain of salt into that integration because VX customers are legal entity specific, so you have to cover that as well. And once you go to that layer, it becomes more complex because then you're dealing with items that are legal entity specific. So you have to make sure when you do the quote that the specific customer is from that legal entity and they can only be, they can only buy certain products. So in other cases that we've had in the past is where a customer of us would request to do a financial dimension integration on a customer level because their salespeople would be the ones determining a financial dimension selection on the customer during a, a CRM a customer entry. And uh, it was somewhat complicated integration. So it's either you pick, pick that route where you enter this information on the CRM side or you leave it up to EX, which makes it clean and simple integration. And this would be just a manual communication between salespeople to provide correct financial dimensions. So it seems like a lot of problems are stemming from the fact that CRM doesn't have any legal entities, doesn't have that concept in place. I think we should just, you know, one of you should just go to ideas uh, on Microsoft and submit it to make sure that it does come about, you know? Yeah, well, you know what? It's, it's, it's actually interesting because, again, I think from, from those discussions, we can see that there really isn't a perfect way to do any of this. I think a lot of time what you see when it comes to legal entities is you'll have... Uh, the same company with the same uh, CRM configuration customization, but they're going to have two separate what we call CRM instances or organizations, mm -hmm. right? So if you are in Europe and you're dealing with the Europe legal entity and this is where the prices are and you mm -hmm. sell for that region, then your CRM system is essentially a separate database than, than that of your uh, US counterpart, right? So that, that is one of, the, one of the, uh, the attempts that people have made to work around that. But obviously that comes with different problems because within the same organization, it means you have two different CRM systems yeah. and for managers to reporting and to understand what the trends are, they need to, to look at two different CRMs and all of that. So again, one solution if you want to make things easier, but it's, it, it creates complication on a different side, right? So it's always a matter of pick your poison in, in that case. Uh, so let's talk about the quotes and orders now. Uh, I think that's kind of the next natural step. I'll, 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 start, I'll start this one. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about it. <laughs> so it's, there's always this debate when you're looking at a, a CRM system and, and an ERP system as to where the sales process stops in the CRM and when the sales process is picked up by the ERP. And so when we talk about the quotation process and the ordering process, uh, usually on the CRM side, you work on opportunities. So in 
an opportunity you're going to have one or multiple quotes because you're trying to propose something to a customer. So all your data is there, all your products and prices are there. You manipulate that, you submit different quotes to your customer. Eventually, one comes back as being one. And at this point, you need to convert that quote into an order. Right? And so this is where uh, there's often a struggle knowing, do we need to manage the quotes only in the CRM system and only talk to the ERP system when it's time to convert it to an order? Or does it need to happen a little bit before? Uh, and there are you know, reasons why people decide to go one way or another, which, which I can let you uh, uh, expand on a little bit, uh, Ole. It, it really depends on the business vertically. And for example, if you're dealing with inventory, uh, rather have a sales order entry or sales sales order confirmation or finalization in EX because EX will provide you more information, for example, like available to promise or capable to promise functionality because you need to know when you can promise that product to the customer. Otherwise, you have to do it into a system which makes no sense. Uh, so what I've seen in the past is that sales code would stay in CRM. This is, uh, this is where we start the, the code. This is where we start the sales process. And then uh, once the sales order is confirmed, it will be pushed into AX. However, this is not ideal again, because by the time it's, it is pushed in AX, we might be kind of behind in the master planning in this in AX environment because it would not be covered uh, from that code. So again, there's I don't think there's an ideal solution or a route that we can suggest to our viewers. We just can tell them the things to look for when you go to integration and present it to their customers and let them make the decision. Okay. The, uh, the constant complaint that we hear, or I, w I wouldn't say complaint, but the constant remark that we hear as CRM consultants uh, on, on projects where there is ERP and AX involved, we are always, again, on the CRM side, we're always, always trying to push to AX once we get to the order, right? Yeah. So everything else we try and keep in CRM. But a lot of uh, ERP consultants say, well, if you send me the, the quotes, mm -hmm. I am going to be able to have the customer or Remember, the organization better prepared to fulfill an order because you know what products and parts are involved and you can kind of know uh, what your inventory is. So by the time it potentially becomes an order, then you're more ready to be able to fulfill that order. So I don't know what you think about that. Is it, is it fair to say or? Yes from, yes, from our perspective, we can push the quote in AX and somewhat capture it by master planning, but the feature is not complete. As you might guys know, there is that functionality or parameter in AX where you can specify the percentage uh, of the quote consumption by master planning. However, that percentage is nowhere to be defined by the user of the actual quote. So I think the feature was designed to have a uh, customization and maybe use that percentage, but the actual uh, field or feature does not exist on the sale quote. So it gives you a better visibility. However, it's not a full, complete MRP visibility. I see. Well, so, so then anytime a, an AX consultant talks to me and say, uh, you need to push the, the quotes, I'll just say, uh, I don't think you need it. <laughs> you can't do anything with it. Okay, you're right, you're right. So, <laughs> well, there are some things you can do. You can use the available to promise or capable to promise. You can actually see when you have the certain products, when certain products are coming, or okay. you, can, you can tell when you can manufacture certain items based on your capacity of your production facility, so which is, I think, a neat feature, and we do have a customer at the moment that we're working with that will be using CTP, and it works beautifully.
Have you seen customers using demand forecasts in AX to represent that demand that is created by quotes or potential demand? Yes. So it's, it's going back to that percentage that will be considered from a quote uh, as a reliable demand. And from what I've seen, usually that number or the percentage of successful quotes is a tribal knowledge by the salespeople. So someone usually just goes reviews that that number of quotes and decides this makes sense. This this salesperson does better than the other. So it's still a tribal knowledge. And I don't think there is a system that can be designed to fit all companies and kind of generate the demand for the quotes. Quotes still have to be reviewed and manually to generate the demand. Question is, do you think that CRM and AX terms will ever go away completely? Huh, it's, it's an interesting one. I think we are kind of dinosaurs in the sense that for me, CRM is, I know it's more than just customer relationship management, but it's the term that everybody knows and everybody kind of understands what it is. I think today Microsoft has even rebranded everything and they call it customer engagement platform instead of customer relationship management because it's got so much more than just managing relationship with clients, right? It's got portals involved, it's got uh, field services, it's got project service automation, it's got retail, it's got talent, it's got a bunch of different things. And they were all built on the main customer relationship management platform and now it's become much more. So I think eventually it's gonna be called customer engagement platforms. Uh, we, we're already starting to hear the term a lot, but... Uh, uh, but well, from AX perspective, we don't have that uh, deep translation of AX terminology. Just it was accepted, and now it's AX. We just have to get used to the new terminology. And it'll take some time. I bet it'll take an additional few, five years or six years, and people will get used to the uh, full operation toward more enterprise. And we're going to have different acronyms. It's not going to be AX, or it might be 365FO, or any other term that people are starting to use now. So I'm not, I'm not really. Uh, Married to the AX 2012 name, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll adjust it. It's not a problem for me. Right. So there's no, the, you know, uh, there's a, no, there is no strong preference on your side. Whatever, call it whatever you want. I'll, I'll say, I'll say this: we need to get rid of the dynamic Microsoft Dynamics 265 4X 4Y. It's so long. Whenever you're having a conversation with someone, well, if you want to send information to Dynamics 265 for sales from Dynamics 365 for operations. It's such a long sentence, you know? Yeah, I agree, I agree. And I think, I think Microsoft knows that. I think they're gonna come up with something a bit more shorter, right? I can't wait to see it. All right, guys, so thank you very much for your insight. It was a great discussion. Now we learned a lot about the integration options and your experiences uh, with, uh, with the projects that involve that integration. So I would like to give you an opportunity to uh, say how uh, our viewers can contact you if they have any questions. Yeah, so for me, uh, through my blog, it's usually a good way to do that. So if you go to uh, salimadamoncrm.com, you'll find me. We'll try to put the link somewhere. And... Uh, and generally speaking, uh, I do a lot of conferences and um, I attend some of the Microsoft uh, uh, larger conferences, CRM UGs, uh, the Extreme CRMs, Ignite and all those. So this is usually a good place to connect with people when they want to just talk more customer engagement platform. Yeah, and let's just mention that you are CRM MVP, correct? Yeah, I was actually, uh, until last year, I just lost it recently. Uh, I was a three-time CRM MVP, hopefully, uh, I'll, uh, I'll have that recognition again at uh, some point in the future. For us, nextoneconsulting.com would be the best way to get in touch with us. Alternatively, you can follow our own YouTube blog. 
Uh, if you type in Nexon Consulting on YouTube, you'll see we do have interesting content, so please subscribe. Thank you so much to Alexei, Ole, and uh, Salim for their contribution to the Dynamics podcast. And if you want to contribute yourself, please contact me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or just write a comment on this video, and I'll get in touch with you. Also, thanks to Chad, who is an awesome contributor. We'll hope to see more of your videos. And me and Tommy will be probably back sometime in the near future, hopefully. Um, just waiting for some uh, hardware and also to get my ducks in order in my new job. It is really hectic, but I'm loving it. So thank you so much, and I'll see you later.